Game Design Podcast by two guys who know nothing about comedy nor game design, but a lot about adventure games. I'm Trevor Scott, and this is Ben. Hi. That was I threw myself for a, for a weird departure loop. from our usual uh, intro. Yep. But that's uh, last right. couple of weeks, we've been doing adventure game stuff yeah. because we're we're really into it. Really into the adventure games. We're just into it. Yeah. Uh, there's an adventure game jam uh, coming up in a month and a half, and we've sort of been throwing around ideas. We actually started building a game based on uh, an idea from last, from last week, week that we discussed, <laughs> uh, which, you know, we'll, we'll reveal when we're ready to do so. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> we, We've done more than just procrastinate on it and, and come up with a, a slight puzzle tree. So, I mean, I say procrastinate we'll on it, but we've actually done some artwork, which we're not artists. We've got, like, some pretty cool tools in place. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we, we'll, we, can, we can talk about that a bit more when we're a bit further along. But uh, in the meantime, since we've been having so much fun with it, we're going to do some more adventure game designs tonight and we'll just if we feel like we've hit something good we'll do a deep dive otherwise we'll uh just uh kick do what we kind of normally and, do yeah and and do what we normally do uh so this it, just to just to sort of clarify i don't know don't know that we've done this in previous weeks but we're generally in the mode of the sort of old LucasArts style point and click adventure games. Uh, you know, as much as we do, like as much as we grew up on Sierra, they have some inherent flaws, which is multiple deaths and yeah, you can lock yourself out of puzzles. And yeah, I think there's some. I think there's a lot of fun stuff in the Sierra things, but uh, I think we do tend towards that LucasArts formula. Uh, they just felt a bit more kind of solid and put together. So, you know, when we start talking about games tonight, probably the first place your mind should go is that sort of 2D retro style point and click until we decide otherwise. Because, you know, we sometimes go to 3D, we sometimes go a bit more modern, but. I mean, if, if your mind goes to the dig, good. Yeah. That's, that's a good, that's a good game. It's got a, it's got a pretty obtuse puzzle in there, which is the turtle skeleton, but, uh, we can Infamous. forgive them for that. Infamous. Okay, Ben, have you got a location for us? I do. Where are we going to set this We're game? We're going to start in a museum. Ooh, and in that museum, we've got a teenager. Oh, okay. So maybe they're, uh, maybe the game starts with them on a tour of some sort. Mm. High school excursion. Yeah. I mean, as soon as you said high school, I immediately, because I'm so ingrained in the whole Disney way of thinking, I had musical come straight after that. So high school musical. <laughs> and I'm thinking, you know, what was originally chorus, the, the musical thing. Can, can we bring that into it? Like, can we bring that in? Um, or a museum and Moon Knight, as I'm currently watching. So, you know, they're, they're the sort of things that I- I haven't watched Moon Knight. Uh, is that also a musical? No. <laughs> that would be funny if it was. Look at us. We're just referencing things now. That's, our, that's all we're going to do, just referencing. No, okay. So, uh, I don't think we can make it a musical. No, because as I'm much up, as we I'm enjoy- i the idea of thinking of how that might work in an adventure game. I just don't feel like this is the one. Okay. Do we- Go a bit night at the museum to keep referencing things. <laughs> <laughs> um, and have there be some sort of like supernatural, like curse sort of thing going on? Or do we keep this more in the mundane? I like it in the mundane. I mm. like it in the dinosaur wing. Yep. Because there's something about the skeletons of it, of dinosaurs. And I don't know, like whether, whether this kid, like 
steals a bone right at the very start. Yeah, well, I was just thinking I like one of the things I do like about point and click adventures is that uh, they give a bit more opportunity to, to actually build character relationships through mm. actual dialogue and interactions as opposed in to fact, just, you know, really, them up in cut adventure games is more around the character development yeah. quite, quite often. And then what comes out of that? Like, especially yeah, like in the they, LucasArts they, games. They don't have to be weird puzzles with, you know, unwieldy solutions or whatever. Like, they can be a very good vehicle for, yeah, just telling, telling a story. Uh, a in, personal in, in an story. Way. Yeah. So, yeah, I kind of like the idea of maybe exploring some of the relationships between the high school students. Um, you know, either maybe it's a bit of a situation where the main character, they're not in with the in crowd, but they get, they do get dead, like, dead yep. to take a dinosaur bone, essentially. And uh, the entire thing comes crashing down and, ooh, you know, okay. it's, except for the leg bone they've got. And they're just holding it there. Um, yeah. But here's where things kind of go a little bit awry. Turns out this leg bone isn't really a bone, and they twist it, and there's a map inside. <laughs> okay. Okay, so this is this is just sort of the prologue to how they discover some sort of secret map to- Well, if, if this dinosaur bone is like this, how many dinosaur bones are out there that have secret maps inside? So the entire thing becomes. Well. <laughs> Maybe it's a partial map, and then it cuts to like twenty-seven years later, and this this teenager has become an archaeologist or a paleontologist. <laughs> is searching for dinosaur because they're just trying to find the bone that has the other half of this map. In yeah, it. and okay, he, here's the cool thing. Um, as he's you know talking talking to an investor, there's a news report on the uh, on in the background saying another museum was hit overnight and and we're left with a and he turns off the turns <laughs> off the <laughs> off the off the TV and is like so what were you saying about about dinosaur bones that you may you may have got a lead for me? <laughs> uh, what were you saying? Going to fund our dig for a further five years if we come to your weird park? Okay. Yeah, that sounds great. Um, and he was never so, heard from again. Uh, he, he goes to this park, uh, Cretaceous Park. Um, let's not go Or down. Triassic. Let's not, let's should not should go we down. go Triassic? Triassic Park. Triassic Park. I don't know. There, there's some other, there's some other, like. It sounds derivative. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds derivative <laughs> of Sphere, that, that Michael Crichton, um, book turned movie. Yeah. Uh, that was the one. The one. <laughs> they made a Dustin Hoffman movie about it. Uh, Samuel Jackson was in it. What? Dustin Hoffman wasn't enough for you. He's not a big enough star. All right. So need, <laughs> need that Samuel. Like, <laughs> I feel like we're going off the rails. Do we want to bring it back on, or do we want to start something new? We, we can we can bring it back on. Okay. So are we jumping forward? Is this kid now an archaeologist, or are we sticking with the high school? We can situation. stick with the high school. My my whole thing about the map was just, can I make it weird? We can and go with the map. I just don't. I just think it's a bit of a jump then for this kid to somehow assume that dinosaurs fossilized with maps inside them, rather than thinking a human has since hollowed out a dinosaur bone and put a map in there. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> like that's the leap. It makes sense. Like, oh my god! Somehow this. He's a teenager. He's prepubescent, and he's he doesn't know any better. Dinosaur leg back in the <laughs> Jurassic era. Um, <laughs> it must be a time traveler. It's a time travel adventure. <laughs> Except it only goes forwards. Jesus Christ! <laughs> Wait, this is a, it's a the the game is a time travel adventure, but it, only with forward time travel. Only with forward time travel, and it goes forward in one second increments. <laughs> one second per second. <laughs> uh, exactly. <laughs> I do like the idea of a time travel story where someone is desperately trying to get back to the past, but all they've got is a is a time machine that takes them forward. Um, or it's essentially not even time machine. It's like some sort of stasis machine. <laughs> it's just a box. <laughs> no, actually, I'm talking about actually that they actually <laughs> don't age. I don't mean that they sit in a box for thirty years. But there's something there's something tragic about skipping. It's almost like the movie Click, right? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. There's something tragic about skipping through time. And not enjoying and what's not, there not, in front like of not you. Not experiencing what's there. It's like, no, they haven't- Nobody's invented, like, backwards time travel yet. Okay, let's go forward another hundred years and just, like, skipping so much of society and so much stuff. Um, okay, so inside the dinosaur bones is one half of the plans to a time machine. And that half of the plans is for forward travel only. Oh, my God. Yes. Okay. But the only way it could have gotten there- is with someone travelling back, right? Yeah, because no one has- you You cannot find, like, any reference to any other time machine. And this time machine, it works. It's kind of like, you know, you could skip forward in time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The time machine- the forward time machine works. I like the- so, okay, here's my broad strokes for it that would sort of set the, the overall arc and, and really make it this tragedy, is yes, this kid finds this forward time machine inside a bone- Uses it for fun for a bit, but then, you know, skips forward so much um, that they realize- do, Does they- he make it in metalwork? Yeah. Let, yeah, sure. Let me just he get makes it. The main- he makes it at school. Yeah. Like, because that makes sense. Yeah, sure. Yes. <laughs> and I think he, he first just skips through, like, jumps through small things, like, a week into the future because, you know, the the the, the girl that he likes is going to- he's going to go on a date or something and then- I don't know, skips forward longer, but then realizes, like, now he's behind in school. He's been going missing all this time. Like, it's not like Click where he's on fucking autobot. Like, like no, he's ju- literally physically jumping forward in time. And so, now he's jumping for, like, until the point that I think he, I don't know, he misses, like, the his, the last moments with his parents. Like, he jumps forward 10 years because he, you know, needs to find something. And both his parents have died. It's like, oh, shit, like, now what have I done? Okay. And then he's basically becoming this, like, lone wanderer. And we follow him as he jumps forward. Because now and it forward, is, I and need to forward, find the person. And- I need to find the time when the, this time travel was invented so that I can, you know, use backward time travel to go back and not miss out on my entire life. Um, and, and see his parents again and his friends and whatever. So he's jumping forward through time, jumping forward through time, never finds this this person, finally realizes now that he's used it so like he understands the concept so much, is he realizes he maybe it's him. Like he has to invent it. But mm. then he invents it and like he figures out that through some 
lore of the universe, like you can only jump back in like thousand year increments or something or like 10,000 year increments or whatever. But the power would actually need to, to jump back will actually destroy the world. No, no, I think. No, because I, I like that idea that, you know, it's the choice of. No, no, no. Cause where I was going, wait, we can, cause where yeah. I was going with this is that he can, he can jump back and he knows he actually has to jump back because he's the one who put the, the blueprint there in the first place. But the materials aren't there and the tools aren't there and he can't take them back with him because of the way time travel works to build the forward machine once he's there. So literally he's going to have to go back to the Jurassic period and just die there. Like that's it that he has to live out the rest (laughs) of his life in the past in the Jurassic era. And like, that's why it's a tragedy, right? Like he, he can't, he spends all this time trying to find his way back to his life only to discover it's completely not possible and that it was all his fault in the first place who even kicked it off, which is, I mean, a very time travel trope um, to have that that sort of- um, And it looks like it's been know, torn in half because uh, as he drew the whole thing, he got into like a tug of war match with a, um, with a, with a dinosaur. <laughs> yeah. And it just made it like a little tear, but they got just a tiny little bit and it made, made it well, look like it was- Well, maybe he did try to draw up both versions of it or something, but- and then maybe he had second. He's like, no, I can't. If I give, if I if I send forward the the backwards one as well, like it's going to be useless to them. They're going to find themselves at the dawn of the the planet. You know, I must, I must destroy this and and not put it into the leg of that Stegosaurus over there. Yeah, I don't know how he got it into the leg. <laughs> like that's another. That's just a like he's now waiting for a Stegosaurus to die and like hollowing out their leg bone before it goes into the tar or whatever that fucking fossil, like that kept it um, preserved for fossilization. I don't know. (laughs) But he does actually see that they're all feathered and he goes, they were right. As he falls into the tar pit. As he falls into the tar pit. (laughs) And then it jumps forward back to the original scene where now not only is that Stegosaurus there that the the kid ends up stealing, but there's a fossilized human there next to them, like (laughs) with a big question mark next to it. Like, how how could this be? (laughs) Is this the missing link? Yeah. They seem- (laughs) (laughs) How do we jump from, you know, Homo Homo erectus to- this missing link. <laughs> he had on this fine leather jacket. <laughs> he had on this fine leather jacket. All right. On that note, let's move to a new idea. Okay. The location is a vintage shop. Ooh. The shop so itself I'm is this- vintage or it sells vintage things? I'm thinking it's a pawn shop. That it's- Okay. Because there's something about a pawn shop and-, and- mm. The, the stories behind the actual items that are in the yeah, shop. Yeah, well, we've done something similar to that before where we had, but that was across the life of, like, someone building up a pawn shop and, and there was, I think it was a yeah, bit more yeah. systems-based, although we brought in a lot of that story-based stuff. But doing it in a more traditional point-and-click manner could be quite interesting. Um, I, I, I like it almost as if it's a, um, this pawn shop owner collects stories. Mm. And the story that goes along with with something as he as he goes to purchase it and then yep. you know goes to sell it on to someone else. Like there's a scene where you're where you're trying to sell something and someone comes in and goes, "Oh, I, I want to buy this record," and then it goes into like a a scene of 
an actual, you know. Oh, like a little vignette, like a, a separate. A vignette okay. chapter of which you play an adventure game within this scene that involves this record. And it's the, it's the story of what happened to this record. So I, I do like that. Let me Let me just throw something in there, though, because when you first started talking about the stories, I very much got- uh, an insult sword fighting vibe where it was <laughs> like someone sells you something and tells you a little bit of a story behind it. Like, Oh, I got this, um, you know, when a guy on the street tried to mug me, uh, but as he ran away, he dropped this behind, you know, dropped this from behind. And it's like a purse was, you know, whatever. I don't know. That's a weird story, but. So stolen then you stole it from this guy. <laughs> well, and it was you, like, well, you can't, wallet, you can't, so you like can't was- steal, you can't steal things just because, you know, you got something stolen off you. You can't sell it. That's, I, I do not procure stolen, uh, stolen equipment. If you don't, if you do not leave my shop, it I'm going to have to call dropped, the police. It was lawfully dropped by a criminal. I think that those, those things cancel each other out. No, but my Did point- you try to find them? <laughs> <laughs> they were running away. Did you try, did you, did you go to the police? <laughs> Calm down. What my point was <laughs> that you could then, that, that, that you then want to, you're now trying to find the right object to attach that story to, to sell it onto the next person. Um, or to like or, or, almost more properly, like upsell that story to, to sell it on, you know, you don't want to use it on the same object. Um, cause maybe that object's worth fuck all. But if you can use that story to sell, you know, a golden spoon set or something, I don't know. Uh, if, if we were doing a game other than an adventure game, I would say, yes, let's go with this. But I like the idea of being able to have some sort of, like, they start telling the story and then whatever happens in the adventure game as you go through and, and do I mean, the how things. Do we, how do we like- stop that just from being a disjointed set of, of stories, I guess? Or are you thinking that the, the pawn shop is more of a framing device for essentially framing a, an, device. An, an anthology. An anthology. And it means that we as developers get to play in a lot of different styles. Like, if we want to do a pirate adventure, we can do a pirate adventure and say, I got this for my great-grandfather and he was captured by pirates. And you can, you know, have Captain Guybrush Threepwood, mighty pirate. So, uh, where I actually see this being interesting is... This would make for a cool game jam. It like set up itself mm. where you're almost saying you're almost handing it off between or like you're almost having different people use the same tools. Say here, you make your little adventure game, like a few rooms, 15 minutes, whatever, you know, you give them some, some limitations and then someone puts that all together into that framing device where each of those people's games then is a story to be told. Mm. And then maybe you, p- you put it all together with all the, the items at the end or something. Yeah, I think I think what what helps make it in that way, though, is that you could then curate who you wanted to be involved in. in yeah, I think- a, The I think particular volume than a, one. More than an open game jam, it would be, hey, I want to collaborate with these four other adventure game design creators or creators. Um, We figure out what the items are ahead of time. You get, you know, uh, an ancient sword. You get a, I don't know, a fucking gun from the twenties. You get a PlayStation (laughs) four, whatever. Right. (laughs) 
Because then- PlayStation 4 in a vintage porn shop. I just, I, I love Fine, that idea. PlayStation 2. <laughs> <laughs> or whatever, or an Atari 2600 or something. Uh, and then you could even have that there's some joining story then between those four items that, that comes together at the end, regardless of what the actual story was of, of how they came to, to get yep. them. But yeah, have it be this anthology piece for- uh, collaborating with other adventure game creators. Mm. Well, look, once we're established, <laughs> once we've released a couple of games, maybe we can come back to this idea and pitch it to other people in the community. Yeah, and I like to call it Needful Things. Because <laughs> that's definitely not a property that's Nobody been- Nobody's used that before. Kingful Things. All right. <laughs> and it's called- Porn quest. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Just to clarify, P A W M. Yes, the cheese, the the chess piece, not the um, not the erotic literature. All right, for this one, we are on a life raft. Really? Now this is a life raft. Interesting stuff. Now we don't. The whole game doesn't have to take place on the life raft. No. I do like. Is the it a life of, of pie situation? I do like is the this, idea of starting on a life raft. Is this life of pie the the adventure game? Life of pie the adventure game, and you just have to have dialogue with the tiger. Yes, and a dolphin <laughs> that lived for 122 years. <laughs> Nobody's going to get that reference. <laughs> uh, I like the idea of starting on a life raft, having. Maybe three people on the life raft. Yep. And then perhaps- You wake up, you wake up and one of them's missing and the other one's got a full belly. I mean, maybe. I think this, this feels more like a comedic game. So, um, but I mean, I, I think having that limitation of being on a life raft for at least some of the puzzles is interesting. Uh, I think you can, you can, you can perhaps have, you know, you've got a few things in the raft that you, Save from the ship that went down. Uh, mm-hmm. You can maybe have some debris that goes past, you know, that you manage to to utilize in some way. Uh, but um, but yeah, having it be, you know, and I mean that's a very adventure gamey thing as well to just give you. Here is the the thing, you know. There's there's a very limited amount of things you can click on. Essentially, <laughs> solve the puzzle. Uh, I, I think that's quite a, an appealing part of of point and click adventures. Mm. So, what happened? I feel like this is modern day. Yep. Uh, you drank too much seawater and you're hallucinating the entire thing. Oh, uh, sorry. That, that's the that's the surprise ending. Um. Well, maybe the surprise <laughs> ending is not that you drank too much seawater. It's just that you drank too much on a cruise. It's that you can drink too much seawater. And the more that you drink, the more you hallucinate. So, that's just a choice that, like, you can still play through the game. But just you, to make you it don't- harder on the developer so they have to yes. come up with <laughs> hallucinated versions of everything. Seven levels of hallucination before they die. Oh, my God. So, we basically have to make the same game seven times. It's just extra dialogue trees. you still got the same game. Oh, you don't see, like, people don't look different. Nothing looks different. Uh, th- there's extra <laughs> things on their head. There's tentacles and shit growing. on their head. <laughs> There's tentacles and shit growing out of their, out of the back like of their head and their dialogue tree like changes a bit. to make it weird. Okay. <laughs> I should stop trying to be weird. Well, I think- For it just, weird's sake. 
it, yes, for weird's sake. I'm fine with weird as long as it, you know, works for what, for the as story. As long as it works the within the story. Don't, don't ruin my idea that I've got <laughs> with yes. drinking seawater, which you know, <laughs> people need to know that you don't, that you don't drink I think sea drinking water. seawater is fine as a, as a thing you can do. Um, it's what happens just, if you drink it? Well, it's more that you'll just have a little, like, you, you get more dehydrated that and that, 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 uh, plays out or something. And the other, the, the other people on the, on the life raft are like, what? Stop drinking seawater. You just keep throwing it up everywhere and dehydrating further and you're going to die before you can get off this thing. But it's more of a funny event than a mechanic. Uh, uh no. It, when you get, when you, when you do it for the sixth time and they say, the next time you do this, you will die. Okay. I mean, sure. If you, but again, it's just more of an Easter egg then. That you can just end the game. It turns out that it's required because the the rest of the game takes place in the afterlife. <laughs> so that's where the only solution left is to do the thing that it seems like the game is doesn't want you, you to, not do. to do. It's like good, you you went with typical game game logic and did the thing that we didn't want you to do, which is actually the thing that we wanted you to do. So we reverse. I mean, I can see that being. What you call an, a, a, an interesting, albeit frustrating, for the player way forward, like and and a bit of a uh, a bit of a take on on point and click adventure games. A take on me it take is it? On yeah. you. Oh, my voice is. I lost my voice last week. Uh, <clears throat> otherwise, I would have been able to hit at least that note. Maybe not the high one. Uh, no, it just saying that like. If we want to play with the tropes of point-and-click adventure games, mm. essentially giving the player a bunch of useless things where they think they have to solve a puzzle in some way, and then they've tried everything, and the only thing they can think to do is, like, because the only thing that, where the dialogue changes when they do it in some small degree is they keep drinking the seawater, passing out, vomiting, waking up. <laughs> But then the diet, like the other people say something slightly different. It's like, oh, well, what happens if I just keep doing this? And then, yeah, finding out that's literally the only way to progress the story. Yeah. Um, that's, that's adventure game logic 101. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, no, that's 101. I feel like we're subverting that, that's adventure game logic then. 101. <laughs> it's a, sub, it's a, sub, it's subverting the, the classic adventure game logic, I think. Um, but sure. Then what happens? <laughs> is then what die? happens is. Uh, yeah, you die, and then your whole thing is to find out who actually murdered you, because that's right, you were murdered. You were placed on this life raft by oh. someone, and they knew that this one would get lost because they um, they turned off the transponder, and you find that out. Like St. Peter tells you? Yes. He goes, you know, there was some dude that turned off your transponder, that's why, that's why you died. And so you just, like, go... You just punch St. Peter and you go, well, I'm not fucking, I'm not staying here then. I need to avenge my death. You jump goes, off the cloud. Yeah. And then it, then it's that whole, um, you know, you, you take over someone else's body and. Yeah. Yeah. Now it's a ghost of possession style. Yeah. Just not like ghost dad because Bill Cosby's weird. Understatement. Yeah. No, I wasn't going <laughs> to go to ghost dad. <laughs> I was thinking maybe more a uh, Heart and Souls. Is that yeah? The one? That's what it was. Heart yeah. and Soul. It was Robert Downey Jr. Robert Downey Jr. Slightly Before all the drugs. Was it? I don't know. Yeah, I guess so. Um, okay, I've got two choices for you for our next location. All right, we're just abandoning this one. Abandon ship. Okay, go on. So, choice one: trailer home. Okay. Choice two: the afterlife. <laughs> 
which is <laughs> I mean I feel like we just did that one. <laughs> it may have been why I brought it up because it came up but um, no I like I like trailer home that's um although I just I just clicked and got a relationship and of demon slash exorcist which I feel like could be fun if you were the game. demon definitely I mean either way. But I do like the idea of you've been, you find yourself in a summoning circle uh, as some amateur, you know. Demon. No, no, I mean that (laughs) some amateur demonologist has, like a cultist has managed to, you know, do the ritual correctly and summon you there and then is completely like out, out of their depth. But you can't, you know, but you're limited in what you can do. You know, you it's basically dialogue puzzles at that point because you have to make them slip up so that you can escape the circle. Yeah, okay. So, and even when you can escape the circle, I think you're actually, like, bound to an amulet around their neck. Um, so that, that when they, when they leave- Or this is just the setup of all you want to do is for them to release you so you can go back home to your wife and kids in the demon realm and it, and it becomes a humorous- Mm. sitcom-esque set in, you know, story in Demon World. So, I like the idea of the odd couple, you know, two, two, okay. two, two groups that are, that are, you know, two people that aren't meant to get along. So, a demon and a priest. Ooh. No, no. Well, no, let's not go to the priest. I don't want to go to the religious. No. Religious okay. Area. Maybe not release. But I, think, de- I think, I think, here, here we go. Here we go. I think you get summoned. Mm-hmm. That's where the game, that's how the game starts. But it's like fucking teenage, teenage metalheads, yeah. right? Who think it's funny and cool to, to summon a demon. They found some ritual, but it worked. And so your first puzzles are like, you've got obviously some dialogue and stuff that's, that's funny and you're talking to them and you scream, whatever. You can look around the room. You have to convince them to break the circle in some way. But as they do that, they do it by like, one of them falls through the circle, breaks the circle, but then they get brought back to the fucking demon realm with you. And so that's where the odd couple stuff starts is you've got just this earth teenager and you have to like bring him home to your wife and explain that you've got this orphaned kid mm-hmm. and that's where the shenanigans start. Okay, so my shenanigans. So we can we can choose out of these two shenanigans yeah, scenarios. Um, Shenanigan me. They they break the they break the thing in the circle, but the demon didn't realize that they actually used this amulet to do the majority of the of the like summoning ritual. Yeah, which has actually meant that he was never bound by the circle. He just didn't want to touch the edge because you know he knows what it's like if you touch the edge of a summoning yeah, circle. He's actually bound to the amulet, so he can't actually touch things in the real world, but the teenager has to help him sort of break the curse of this amulet now, or he'll just haunt the teenager for the rest of their life. So, the the odd couple comes from the fact that the, the demon can't do shit, but mm. the teenager has to, you know, be his hands and hands and legs and to get him All places right. to finally um, get him home. I Look, I like both of these ideas because- um I like the idea of exploring the mundane world of the demon realm mm-hmm. and the uh, the frustration with just, like, every few days getting summoned down to Earth because some other fucker is- Like, because your ritual has gotten around on the internet. And every time that you tr- that you try to organise it to take, to take the kid in with you, 
it doesn't work. Yeah, yeah. Because um, you have to have your own, like, you have to be in a circle yourself with the kid. Otherwise, it just takes you, you know, come up with some techno demo occulto babble. <laughs> I think it's so funny. Like, the, he wakes up one day, realizes that his kids have drawn a circle around around his body again. He goes, oh, not again. <laughs> he just gets <laughs> popped back into, <laughs> into life. And it's the thing that their kids, that his kids do all the time. They just, like, he'll be sitting on the toilet and they'll just draw a circle around his feet. <laughs> Wait, what? Because what happens when that, is this in the demon realm? Yeah, I like the fact that his kids are, are creating the circle on his side and therefore, like. Does that send him through to the. It, it, it basically creates a conduit between, right. between the two circles. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, they basically just they whenever they want him, they they've learned to summon him because they've got access to the Earth Internet where someone somehow got the ritual out. Um, maybe the whole thing because you know, and we've we've actually done this in a previous game before, but you know how the whole thing around demons is like you have to know their true name or something, and that's part of the ritual to mm. to summon them. The whole game is you trying to go through the official name change process in the demon world. <laughs> like that's your end goal is just fucking getting the piece of paper that officially changes your name, which means they can't, like, the, essentially that ritual becomes null and void. Um, because it What's has his name? Leaked. Um, Eric. No, it's got to be- Eric the Demon. He wants to change it to Eric, because <laughs> that'll be less likely. It's it's like, it's something, um, it's something close, but not quite like, uh, it's like Beelzebub or something. Like it's close to Beelzebub and people it's are actually, actually trying Beetle to Bob. It's Beetle Bob. <laughs> Beetle Bob. Yeah. It's, it's much less cool than even Beelzebub. It's Beetle Bob and it, people like think that it's just a misprint it, in the ritual, but when they actually it's say drunk, it, it's drunk teenagers who keep on going, hey, go, go, Beetle Bob. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like it's people slurring their words when they try to summon Satan. Uh, <laughs> but Be- Be- Beelzebub actually went through a, um, a name change process many oh, yeah, little, years ago himself. Little does anybody know, he's, yeah, his name they're, is- They're never going to get Andre. Is now Andre. <laughs> the fallen one. <clears throat> but having said that, I do like the idea of the invisible demon in the human world as well. So maybe that's a sequel or maybe it's just like part of the same- series but it's a different demon mm. um or something because i mean yeah maybe maybe we take maybe in that first game we don't bother with the whole teenager gets brought into the demon world thing it's more just the story of beetle bob trying to get his name changed mm-hmm. having to constantly deal with these summonings into earth and every time he does get summoned, the form that he was filling out then and in the line to hand in gets burnt up. <laughs> yes. Well, that's at least that's a joke that we use at least once is that literally he gets as far as like, I think he's trying to go through all these different ways of just getting the form in. And yes, one of them is waiting in line. He's nearly at the front, gets summoned. He, watched the, he watches the fucking thing burn up in front of him as the summoning process happens. Um, you know, another one is he tries to fill it out online, but you know, there's some disruption with his, with the demon internet or the kids are all playing Fortnite because that's in hell. <laughs> I don't know, because that's in the demon realm. I don't know. Uh, Wouldn't that be Fort Day? I was nearly wearing that, but then it sounded dumb. Um, 
<laughs> I don't know. But yes, it's Castle Day different Fortnite. ways. <laughs> different ways that uh, he just fails at it, and then I don't know how he eventually succeeds. Um, maybe he just has to like bribe the fucking clerk in some way. Yeah, that makes sense. He brings in, he brings in uh, fucking Skittles from Earth. It's like the next time you get summoned, bring me Skittles. We can't get them here. <laughs> They're my favourite. That's, They're that's like Jolly Ranchers. That's one of the puzzles. <laughs> that's one of the puzzles. Like you end up on a, you end up on Earth and you'd have to, you know, threaten someone um, to bring you Skittles. All right. Um, I do have another location, and this one is kind of cool. Sure. Secret bunker. Okay. Secret bunker. So I see. I see this as, as like. A bunker that is being buried for for a long time, or hidden hidden in the forest, sort of thing. And these people happen mm. to come across it, and they get locked inside. Okay, so is this like a psychological thriller? We go a bit more serious, or, or it's or it's a how the fuck do we get out of this sort of? Well, that would be psychologically thrilling. Yes, to, to sit through. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so go a bit I, more serious with this one. Go a bit more uh, less wacky. Less wacky. It's, you know, there's a certain amount of air in there. There's a certain amount of supplies. Do you maybe, you know, need to find a way to eventually communicate with the outside in some way? Or someone else comes and find, like, finds it but can't open it. And so you're having to, like, have dialogue with someone who's on the other, who's on the other side of this bunker, but you don't know who they are. Especially because they could be the ones who they actually be- own this thing. Exactly. And that's why they're able to tell you exactly where to go. Mm, yeah. Mm. That's cool. How did you get in? Uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm asking you, how did you get in? I, I'm trying to get into the bunker right now. How'd you get in? Well, it was open when we got here. There was a ladder. No, that on. can't be right. That can't be right. Yeah. The ladder, we just climbed down the ladder. And the door, like, it was almost like there was a sensor. The door closed shut behind us and locked, and we can't find any way to get out. Exactly. On the on the GJ5000, it's got a sensor, and it should have closed on on whoever left this th- this place is on their way out. They It should have closed, and then my code should be- I mean, the code that is- that <laughs> I've got right here should should be working, and it's not. What did so you, you touch know, anything when you, you know went in? Awfully what about this bunker for a random I, I'm a bunker, in this in this I'm a forest. bunker salesman from um the GJ uh, five thousand. Like I'm a salesman, uh-huh. so I know everything about the the. Uh huh. What's, what's the what's the next one up in the range? Ah, see, that's where they get you. It's the eight thousand. Uh huh. And what's good about that one? If you know, if you, it, it's you got should soup know everything. Cans. Hmm? It's got soup cans. The, oh, the bunker. I thought we were just talking about the door. Okay. No. The whole bunker. Right. The whole bunker is, comes is, is, with is a the bit like a GJ8000. Soup, soup cans, like thrown yeah. in. This doesn't really oh. seem like a feature of the bunker mm. itself, more like a deal to, to, to buy it. Are you really a bunker salesman? <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I am. Of course, I am. I, I know every everything about this bunker back backwards and forwards. To your left, you will see. <laughs> <laughs> How so do you know I, where I'm standing? So I like this idea as a as a thriller. I think you're down there with one other person. Yes, there's definitely a gun down there. I want mm-hmm. some tense moments where. Like, it seems like maybe they're the person who took you there because they wanted to 
convince you of something or they were trying to, you know, it's this like gaslighting, you know, you feel like they're gaslighting you. You feel like you don't know what's going on. There's the person outside. Who the fuck are they? You know, the person who's in here with you, you thought you knew them, but it turns, you know, they're saying things that don't make sense to you or for who, for what you thought you knew about them. Really making it this tense. I think it would be a relatively short game. And it's, yeah. you know, again, it's the single location. So, you know, keep it low in scope to build it. Um, it'd really be around. It would really be a good writing exercise in the dialogue and stuff. Yeah. And, and of course, the whole, the whole scene where, you realize that this isn't actually the GJ 5000. This is actually the 8001 model that has one extra soup can. And it's that one soup can that has a secret code inside. Because that's a selling point. Oh, yeah, it's a selling point. 8001. Yeah. 8001. You don't want the 8000 anymore. It's a piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> Throw that thing in the garbage. Uh, <laughs> But, but it turns out that in all of the, in all of the chaos and the uncertainty around this other person that was in there, you, you caved their skull in with that can. Mm. And, and that, on un- the code is now sullied and you can't actually get it out. And then finally, the person who's outside does get the door open. You find out it was their bunker the whole time. The whole thing was a misunderstanding. And they've called the police and they they're called here the to police. arrest you. You killed this person for no reason. The love of your life. Dun, dun, Jeremy. Dun. It's always Jeremy. Always. I have our location. Good. I'm glad. A driveway. A driveway? Mm. Again, I, I'm, the whole I'm picturing- doesn't have to be set there, but no. I think it needs to feature heavily. Heavily. What happened on this driveway that they're not talking about? This is this is one of those mystery hooks. Of- oh, Okay. That the characters know what happened on this driveway. Yeah, but the player does not. The player does not. Hmm. What could happen on a driveway other than other than someone being hit by a car? Yep. I feel like that's the most logical option. They got their ass beat in pickup basketball so badly that <laughs> Okay, they- so you go a little bit okay. All right. I like that. I like that. Maybe this is like after a dinner party, these few people are out on the driveway having drinks and they are maybe they're siblings. Mm-hmm. I do like the this idea of kind of revealing a shared history that they're all aware of, but we aren't. And so, yes, there was the great event that they discussed, that they discussed, that keeps coming up. Um, and it was this epic basketball tournament, tournament from their youth. Yeah, I like that. It's like a casual little little thing. Um, and then I think with this one, you can expand it beyond the driveway. Yeah, um, but uh, the backyards cool. in play. The kitchen, yeah, the backyard, the kitchen, um, the dining room. Like, I do like this idea of sort of a casual dinner party going on, where it's like that post dinner. People are just hanging out in groups, and it's sort of just just exploring the relationships again between these friends and family. Um, you know, some are siblings, some. Are just friends, like some, you know, one one or two couples have kids who are playing a board game over here, or like sitting watching one kid playing on a Nintendo Switch, or whatever. like the classic kind of things that happen of an evening, and just really evoking that sense of just a comfortable evening. Now, where the story comes in, I don't know, or the puzzles. Perhaps it's just around 
there's an announcement to be made or there's like some big news or there's someone's hiding. Like maybe some, maybe these secrets start coming out throughout the game. Yeah. Where, it, where it's first, it does seem like, uh, or maybe we make it feel like it seems like initially it's like, oh, everyone really likes each other. Everyone's really comfortable. Then as you play, like there are these hooks that come in where the player doesn't know about them. And in some cases, some of the characters don't know about them, but it seems like there's something suspicious going on or like, oh, there are cracks. They're actually here in these relationships. But then it Mm -hmm. does turn out that like, oh, the big awful thing that happened on the driveway, you finally reveal was just the pickup basketball game that they're still talking about 15 years later. And, you know, the secret that, that someone's keeping is just that they're pregnant and they didn't want everyone to know yet. Or like, it's, it's actually all these good things (laughs) or just, there's not like, it's not sinister as it seems. That is, that is kind of cool. Again, just sort of feels like a a fun writing exercise, which I think so many yep. of these adventure games they really again, are. The format just lends itself to to telling those sorts of stories. Okay, I have a location. Okay, Bloodstream. Bloodstream. Yes. Okay. Is this a? Do we think this is a literal stream of blood? Is it a stream that's just called Bloodstream? Is it? Um, is it actually an internet thing and you're connecting to the bloodstream, which is like a are, stream? Are you actually kind of in the bloodstream itself? Like, Oh, right. In the bloodstream. Like, a, uh, you're, you're a white blood cell who's trying to repair damage. And yeah, you're a, what was that? Fucking, what was the Osmosis Jones? Osmosis, you're in an Jones. Osmosis Jones situation. I was like, Dr. Osmosis? No, that's not it. <laughs> Osmosis Jones. Uh, you're inside Bill Murray's body. Yeah. So, there's lots of different ways that we could take this. I'm, I'm almost sort of thinking, can you take this that it's like a, a train station or something like that? It turns out that everything that is going on in this subway and all that sort of stuff is effectively you're, you're just part of- the circulatory system of this. Well, I guess how how obvious do we make it initially? Do we have it that I kind of like the idea that they're they're, they're humans, and, but they're all wearing uniforms, right, for their different roles yeah. in the body, and you can make that fairly obvious up front. I don't know that it's a, a reveal or anything that this is where you are. Um, yeah, like you got workmen um, that have that are kind of like they're the platelets and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, and they're carrying like bags of sand of. Yeah. of like, they look like bags of sand, but they're oxygen, right? Like, yeah. they're trans- no, I, or whatever. Plate, platelets, oh, no. platelets. You said platelets. I was thinking red yeah. blood cells. No, they're, the red blood cells, they're the, they're the red shirts. They're the, they're the um, they're, you know, like the, <laughs> from Starfleet. They're the ones that you just, you don't really give a shit about. <laughs> but anyway, but they are, like, <laughs> they go around just with their mouth, their, their mouths puffed out. Like, that's where they're carrying the- the oxygen, and like if you talk to them, they're like, "Ah, oh, fuck!" Now I've got to go back to the lines. <laughs> and they physically say, "It was like, oh, that's what this is about." I've been playing for the last half hour and didn't realize. I just thought all these guys have got really puffy faces. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, look, that's a fun setup. What uh, is this about? You who spent all your time in, I don't know where are you? Are you like in one of the fucking Chambers of the Heart or something, and that's why it's so busy there, because you've got uh, blood cells coming and going and all the different, you know, or- uh, I know, I kind of like the idea that you are a white blood cell who sort of 
You're you're investigating some sort of growth. I, okay, but I like the idea uh, going in the the adventure game sort of way. I f- yep. I feel like you're because the because yes, the white blood cells are the fucking. They're like the guards. They're the detectives of the body. Of the body. Yeah, I feel like you should be someone more lowly than that. That's tagging along for something like that's going out of their wheelhouse. You're some plasma. You're some plasma. What? You, you, what's plasma's usually usual role? To carry all the shit. I think they're like the hireling. <laughs> <laughs> they're the what? The hireling. In D and D parlance, right? <laughs> uh, they maintain volume. They supply critical proteins for clotting. Um, carry electrolytes to muscles. Yeah, I mean, I, I that that's fine. They can be. They're the plasma. water boy. Yeah, they're yeah they're the water boy. They're taking <laughs> electrolytes. They're taking proteins. So they do. They interact with white blood cells sometimes because, like, if they if blood clotting is needed. Then the white blood cells show up as well to be like any mm. foreign part, like any foreign mm. things coming in here. All right, we're all good. Okay, clot it up, you know, get that closed up. They're, they're almost like the supervisors for the workmen that are just like, yeah, we know what we're doing. We're just putting some bricks down and <laughs> yeah, they're like brick and mortar to. <laughs> to, I thought you were going to gonna say brick and morty. Brick and morty. <laughs> I just, I was just thinking that before you said it, I was like, oh, brick and mortar sounds a lot like Rick and Morty. I wonder if they did that on purpose. <laughs> Same sort of vibe. To it. But you, but you, you bring the uh, the mortar basically. Like you're the you bring the glue. You bring or, or whatever. Uh, but you know, in this case, you've been. I don't know. Maybe you like piss off a white blood. Or, or, or I don't know, or make friends with a white blood cell, and they're like, "Hey, you want to do a ride along?" <laughs> Basically, and uh, I need someone to carry my electrolytes. Do you want to have a ride along? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I kind of like the idea that you know these things that this um, that this white blood cell are, is investigating that you start maybe pointing out. No, this isn't right. You should you shouldn't be doing this. Is all about cancer and the fact that you know oh, your the, the white blood cells are the blood attacking cells, the body, well, like the autoimmune. Well, it, it it doesn't see it as as something different to the body. Yeah, at yeah, first, yeah, yeah. and so but, therefore lets it lets it grow and grow and grow, and then all of a sudden it's like, hang on, now. and you can have that sort of change in the um. Right. Well. Okay. Well, maybe with cancer, but I kind of like the idea because with an autoimmune disorder, that's the white blood cells attacking the body itself. And there's a really interesting analogy there with like crooked cops just shoot, shooting up, <laughs> shooting up the tunnel, <laughs> or just, or it, it may not be that they're directly attacking it, but they're like directing the other workers and stuff to be like, uh, break up this tunnel. We don't need it. Yeah, anymore. like break up this tunnel, like clot this area. You know, you, all right, we need a hole through here. Or what? You know, yeah, basically like destroying the body in some way, and you as this lowly plasma. Uh, the one who has to like reveal it in some way and, and make it known to the authorities, which I guess is the brain. The brain or, or the, the nervous system or whatever. Like, I think the nervous system is like the communication system that talks to whoever is up there in the brain. It's just a telegram system. Yeah. Like, yeah. Or Morse code. Yeah. Uh, and so it becomes this huge, yeah, it's this like, 
mystery thriller sort of thing then of now you're on the run because the crooked cops are after you, the crooked blood cells, uh, white blood cells, and it's about finding your way through the body to get this information to the brain of you have an autoimmune disorder. <laughs> okay. I've got a new idea that we're going to quickly do. All right. And it's based off of an idea that we've done in the past. Okay. Quick fire round. You get a location and you get to you get to sort of we get give like a quick spiel. to give a spiel. All right. Yep. And then we'll, this will finish off the episode. Okay. You go first. You go first. I can go first, even though I just had the last one. Oh, okay. I thought you had one that you were I going do. with. Okay. Our location is a hot tub. A hot tub? Hot tub. Okay. So, the idea being is, you know, you're having to, to work out how to how to get the hot tub working because okay. you've got a hot date coming. Hot date coming. So, so it's, it's a new hot tub and it's all about- <laughs> you know, It's just all about solving how to get this hot tub to the right temperature, the right number amount of bubbles. Yeah, and and not travel in, in time and space. Like yeah, well, hot tub time machine. accidentally create a hot tub time machine. Yeah. Uh, and maybe the whole adventure game is the fact that it is actually the hot tub from Hot Tub Time Machine. Um, so you're just trying to configure it to not go back in time because you just yep. want to use it as a regular hot tub. Got yep. it. All right. Uh, mine is a daycare. Uh, I think this is ripe for baby humor. Babies escaping. Yep. Either escaping or just their day to day. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, little, little Jimmy gets dropped in there with his dummy in his mouth and- Everyone's like, oh, hey, Jimmy, another day, you know, another day, another another bottle. Yeah, how's it going today? You know, everything good at home? You know, it's like a very, it's almost like a workplace. It's like the office. It's like the office, yep. but in a daycare. Mm. Mm. Cool. Uh, car dealership. Mm. And lots of dialogue puzzles on trying to sell these shitty cars to these unsuspecting people. Cool. Because you are the car, you are, you are actually Matilda's father. Oh, okay. You're, so you uh, you tr- you you're really dodgy. Yeah, that's why people don't want to buy off you because you keep putting like uh, Sand, sawdust in sawdust the in the in the gas in the whatever. No, in the, the, in the no, it was the transmission, wasn't it? So oh, the transmission. I don't know. I don't know how cars work. <laughs> Neither do I. Uh, bunk beds. Okay, I like Ooh. this one. So I, you're uh, let's look. You're a sibling. Your siblings. Let's see, two mm-hmm. girls, one older, one younger. The younger one is. Scared 30 minutes older than the other. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm like, like four years or something. Um, the young one is scared of the monsters under the bed. Uh, and then the monsters show up and there's puzzles and dialogue things. And- she really shouldn't have been on the top. I mean, it, ga- it just made the doorway just bigger. Yeah. When the monsters under the bed are under the top bunk of the bed, then you've really <laughs> fucked over your sibling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because your sibling just gets turned into a monster. I mean, that's just how it works. Yeah, it gets, like, sucked into the portal or whatever. Yep. Yeah. Ice cave. Uh, So, you're on the planet Hoth, and you're hanging upside down, and there's a a lightsaber just over here, and you've got to, like, try and get out out of the situation. That sounds like a pretty good adventure game. force on lightsaber. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Or pull lightsaber, because you've got force pull. (laughs) Force pull, yeah. Um, Comic Con. Mm. Mm. Vibes of Thimbleweed Park, in yep. a way, because they had their con. But uh, it's uh, it's around. Um, I, no, I can't think of a way to make Comic Con interesting for an adventure game. 
Other than, because, you know why? Because my mind is stuck on fucking Garfield Con, where there was a murder that we did with fucking, was that with Mitchell Lowe from? Yeah, I think so. Sifted. So I've got a cave with bats in it, also known as a bat cave. Um, mm. so I, I see that you're, you're just looking for an albino bat in this bat cave, but there's so many bats that, um, it's just really, really hard to, hard to see. Um, and there's some, there's something about a there's some like shark repellent and stuff like that in there as well. Okay, he's throwing in he's throwing in some Batman bat stuff, stuff now. <laughs> uh, this giant bomb that you have to run around with. <laughs> uh, all right, and I think final one, final one. Ah, oh, damn it! Do you have another good one? That's all right. All right, one more round. Uh, so I have an airport gate, Ooh. which I think is kind of cool. I think there could be some interesting comings and goings. Uh, or you're just trying to like get, maybe you're just trying to get through the airport, uh, because there's always all sorts of fucking shit fuckery that happens as you try to get to your gate. Yes. On time, uh, and solving, solving point and click puzzles and dialogue puzzles with belligerent people in the security line. Yeah. Yeah. And my final one is university corridor. Okay. There's, there's something about. I, I'm picturing this as like the corridor of like a dorm room. We've got like the, or they've all got their like white, white boards on the doors and yep. you can go talking to the different people. Like you don't actually ever go into any of the rooms, but yep. you can, you see a little bit into each room as you have discussions with the different people on the dorm. Yeah. So it's, it's that sort of, sort of thing of you're actually trying to find like, I don't know, maybe, maybe your brother, you know, or has- you're in like an unfamiliar dorm. You're you're in an unfamiliar dorm and you're trying to find your brother and yep. you know you you're just a you know a, a young high school girl yeah. that okay um on on university for the first time visiting your brother and you cannot find his room and you know that he's on this dorm somewhere I li- I do like the idea of just fleshing out characters and relationships just through these discussions that happen as you like knock on different people's doors or run into people in the hallway yeah that's cool all right well. I think that will do it for tonight and another adventure game filled episode. Uh, will we keep doing this until the end of adventure time? Game will Jam? only tell. Time will only <laughs> tell. Uh, it's fun for us. So hopefully it's fun for you. And I make lots of weird references. If you can tell me where some of these references came from tonight, <laughs> then you will get a prize on Twitter. Then you Trevor will get a prize like of your my acknowledgement. <laughs> I will like your tweet and I may even reply to your tweet, which I never reply on Twitter. So that's, that's like Trevor is a Twitter lurker. Yes. Uh, as am I for the most part. I'm always around. He reads every tweet. Ever. So if you <laughs> want to find our previous episodes, go to podchaser.com slash bitstorm. All of our previous episodes are there. Leave us a review. Leave us a review on this episode. If you like, tell us what you thought of it, what ideas you might have for some of the prompts. Uh, or even if you're just interested in hearing what we're doing with our own adventure game that we're working on. Or have you got a location that we haven't used yet that, is, yeah. that you think would be ripe for a we will, good adventure game? We then will use it. Put it out there. We will use it. When? Can't guarantee <laughs> it'll be good. It'll be good. But we'll try. If you like the music that we play at the start and end of each episode, that song is called Man to Find Itself of the album Containment Failure. You can... Use your mouse to go to Google and search for <laughs> search for it, and then 
Go to, go put to it into your inventory. Search for Bandcamp. End up at Bandcamp. Search for Courier Dust. Then you yeah. find it. Yeah. Or you can just go to like bandcamp.com slash Kuradust and I think that might I think work. think that's it or Bandcamp.com. I don't know. It may be, it may be that one, Kuradust.bandcamp.com. Maybe they both <laughs> work. Maybe Bandcamp is smart enough to make that both yep. work. Anyway, thank you again for joining us this week on Bitstorm. I'm Ben Slinger. I'm Trevor Scott and yes, Kuradust.bandcamp.com does work. <laughs> Why did we only just find that out now? That's kind of funny. It's the only one that works. Um, and how dare you summon me, Beetle Bob? <gasps> What's weird? Yes. Cool. Puff, puff, pass. <laughs> uh, don't, don't tell anyone that Satan's name is Andre now. <laughs> <laughs> ah, shit. Shouldn't have let that slip. <laughs>